All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. Joining me, none other than Heather. Heather, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. And Professor Dan, Academic Danny, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm a bit sleepy. I was up all night watching. Uh, actually, you know, when I think uh, about it, not much was happening after 3 o'clock, but being the kind of guy I am, yeah. I, kept lo- I kept watching the screen. Uh, and the numbers remained the same probably well into the day today. Uh, finally, I fell asleep. But, yeah, I was glad to be here. Well, you know, uh, you uh, you did what I did, which was stayed up uh, pretty late uh, watching the uh, election results, the American elections in full swing. For those of you out there that don't believe that it has any impact on Canadians, uh, you are sadly mistaken. And, uh, of course... We've got some mixed results going on here. Uh, a lot of talk about how things went down. And uh, you uh, you watched the election, Danny, just like I, I did. did. And uh, what was your uh, what was your thoughts? As well, I'm not surprised folding? by the early returns. Mm-hmm. The the you know all indications were that Trump was uh, there was a groundswell of support for him. Uh, certainly, uh, a lot of the information that would have shifted the vote away from Biden was being uh, hidden, uh, censored. So in spite of all that, mm. and you have to imagine, this is a guy who's, who doesn't have the press behind him, who doesn't have uh, the corporate media of any kind behind him, still manages to pull off uh, pretty significant wins. Uh, but at the end of the evening, when I saw the remaining states... Uh, I was concerned and uh, and remain concerned about what's going on. These are states where, uh, like Pennsylvania, where the the, uh, the cheating is is monumental. Uh, and you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, if you are old enough, uh, or if you would like watching old movies, there was a movie with Jimmy Stewart called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and it. And it reminded me of that. In his case, it would be uh, Mr. Trump goes to Washington. Um, he's got these political ma- political machines that are that are against him, including his own, which is really remarkable. Uh, and uh, it's really upsetting when you see uh, a true injustice being carried out in plain sight. And it looks to me uh, as though nothing would be done about it. Democrats made it quite plain well in advance that they were going to cheat. Yeah. You and, know, I, uh, I, found, I found that fascinating. Is just the types of questions that were being asked, you know, even during the debates, you know, will, will there be a peaceful transition of power? You know, uh, a lot of commentary revolving around, you know, will, will you, you know, uh, respect, you know, the numbers as they uh, are delivered and, and, you know, relinquish power. And uh, a lot of talk uh, from like people like Pelosi, you know, saying, you know, he, he, he's not going to win. He's not going to win. You know, like, like there, there seemed to be this, uh, you know, sense of confidence uh, amongst them, you know, mm. before everything happened that they were going to win no matter what. And uh, to see that election, you know, and, and, to, and to hear that they were going to stop counting votes, right? Like, I mean, he was definitely moving, uh, moving well and uh, winning in places that he was not expected to. And then, of course, in the swing states uh, that uh, had to be won, uh, I know at one point I was watching coverage, uh, you know, something other than CNN's coverage or the other mainstream media groups, and you could see that he had to win these key states. Oh, they know well in advance what what's in play and what's not. Wyoming, they don't give a damn about. They don't go there. They're not going to visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they can count on uh, New York and California, and a host of other smaller states, Illinois, which is Chicago, uh, they can count on those. Uh, and then it's just simple arithmetic. You start adding and you know where it's all going to end up. Mm-hmm. And uh, for both the Republicans and the Democrats, they understood that Pennsylvania is probably going to be the key, which is really too bad because Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, um has a very, very large Democrat uh, voting population, and the Pittsburgh alone mm-hmm. will decide the election in Pennsylvania because there's that, that much population. Um, and uh, in advance of it all, you know, there's, there's, uh, and it's uh, people 
trying to bring to the attention of the public the, the public what's going on. So, for example, election donations, funding. Uh, it was the Democrats had an unprecedented uh, amount of, of political donations made in this uh, election. Uh, the number is upwards of five billion dollars. That's nuts. That's Helped like, out so much by Act Blue via Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah. And, it all funneled straight into the Democrats. It, it gets funneled into uh, you know these uh, uh, local the local par- party apparatus, uh, and it's it, it's untraceable. It, it's supposed to be traceable, but it's not. Uh, there are donations that are being made on paper by people who are listed as unemployed. And these people are actually making sizable multiple donations to the campaign. Um, the speculation, and again, there's no evidence to prove it, the speculation is that China is putting large sums of money into the U.S. elections, and they're able to do it uh, uh, because the, the uh, banks that are handling it are not uh, c- keeping records. Um, and it's a very disturbing thing. Um, and large American corporations are also doing this. And people say, well, why would they do such a thing? Uh, why would uh, you know, Microsoft or, or uh, Google or any of these outfits be uh, donating to a party that's going to raise taxes? I wish it were that simple, but it's not. Um, there's, there's actually a... Uh, I guess he'd call him an academic, a guy named Dan Hoff, D-A-N-H-O-F. I think I sent you, sent mm-hmm. you the, uh, who talks about the dynamics uh, at the corporate level of this, of this uh, a leftist ideology. And it's really interesting, and it's actually very disturbing uh, what the leftists have been up to. They're playing a game that is so uh, uh, well-conceived. Mm-hmm. They... Uh, have identified all the areas that they need to work in at the, uh, it, when they're dealing with corporations, uh, when they're dealing with uh, uh, political figures, cultural figures. They, they're playing a, a, a game that is really hard to beat, very hard to beat. Well, you know, th- this, is, this is where I, I, think, um, I think it's really important we fill people in because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people that, you know, have jobs, you know, probably weren't staying up until 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning to watch and probably woke up in you know, at the start of the day to hear news and see, you know, figures on the screen, uh, you know, large numbers in blue with slightly smaller numbers in red. And uh, it's a little bit misleading. Oh, look at this. We got delivery. Uh-oh. Oh, dare I ask? I don't think I'm ever going to, I'm not going to make it home. All right. What my, do you, what my, do you, what, you know what? Carl's hey, Kitchen's Carl, in full effect. You. If, you know what, Carl? This smells nice. Right. So, salute. All right. There you are. I got to jump on that. Yeah, the numbers the numbers are are eye opening. That's good. Yeah, something to warm us up on a chilly Absolutely. day. Uh, what, what the first thing I read when I when I got online was that 138,000 votes. I think it was Michigan. Pardon me if I don't remember correctly. Uh, showed up and they were all for Biden. Yeah, and I thought. The graph That's that demonstrates possible. that is the funniest thing, funny in a terrifying way, that mm-hmm. I've seen in some time. When you're watching the graph go up, you know, the line like a normal mm-hmm. trajectory, and then suddenly it's a 90-degree angle straight north, mm-hmm. yeah. r- just all of a sudden. Well, I, I, think, I think it's really important that people understand, if you, if you weren't staying up late enough to watch it, now that I've <laughs> recovered some of my breath uh, <laughs> after the uh, tasty beverage that uh, Carl brought us, <clears throat> wow, that'll put a hair on yeah, your chest. I, I, um, if you weren't uh, if you weren't watching closely, it, it became abundantly clear that uh, Trump was doing very well and that uh, he was winning in areas that perhaps it was not thought that he would. And then, of course, it came down to um, Biden having to win, you know, across the board these five states and, and some of them very critical. And of course, you know, leading up to the end of the night, um, you know, up to you know. 98% of the reported votes had been tallied and they suddenly and without warning decided to not call the election but to stop counting ballots right they stopped counting the ballots which of course made uh, a few eyebrows raise I'm sure uh, I know that uh, both Trump and Biden uh, delivered uh, you know short speeches uh, saying that they felt good uh, about uh, the way things were going 
uh, as they would before they uh, announced the election results well, officially. But yeah, we, we, we uh, uh, most of us, because we watch the right kind of press, will recall that Biden, who tends to say unfortunate things... Uh, <laughs> That's polite. <laughs> uh, he, he actually admitted that they had a finely tuned uh, election fraud scheme on the go. He actually said it for heaven's sake. Yeah. Uh, you, fraud what, task force or yeah. something like that. Really? Yeah. yeah. And and um, I'm quite certain that that they do. I think that they've been planning this. We, there was a, a, a Project Veritas. Uh, film of election fraud in Minnesota, and nothing's been done about that. Yeah, uh, that was Ilhan Omar and her group. Then uh, Minnesota, of course, went blue. Uh, Pennsylvania, I mean, the the count late in the evening looked really impressive in favor of of Trump. Uh, when I got up in the morning and looked at it, it, was less so, quite a bit less so. They came up the. The Democrats came up with, I don't know, between three and 400,000 votes, and they're probably still looking for some. Uh, but when you think about it like that, the report of, of 138,000 ballots, I mean, mm-hmm. stop and think about it for a moment, how, how big a package that really is. Oh, well... It, I don't think it will fit in a car. Uh, well, yeah, uh, it, well, it's, 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 almost, it's almost like, you know, the election night is coming to a close, the final votes are trickling in, they only have a couple of percent left to be counted, and then all of a sudden they stop. And then a few hours later, when everybody gets up and begins their day, it's almost like a container load of... 139,000 yeah. votes yeah. is suddenly dry. Oh, look, we found these. Yeah. And they're yeah. all for Biden. Yes. Every single it's, one of them. It's, it's, it's like the, they rolled out all their contingency plans in the yeah. middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I got up at 4 a.m. and checked to see the status of everything. And that's when I saw that yeah. uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin saw that they have 100,000 more votes than they do registered voters. It's crazy. And that's, that's really the most amazing thing. And, and, and this is this has been in the press for years, Tom Fitton, who's, who who uh, has been doing uh, uh, you know really amazing work in this, uh, has been going state to state, looking at the voter rolls and finding you know literally over a million people uh, who are on the voter rolls who shouldn't be there, and trying to clean it up. But it does, like you said before, uh, when we were talking earlier today, it looks as though they had more ballots than they had eligible voters by a considerable margin. And, you know, ordinarily, uh, that would be a big deal. But apparently nobody seems to think it's a problem. Something I find really fascinating about this, like you mentioned Project Veritas, they've been looking into reports of voter fraud since the beginning, so Mm -hmm. already a month ago, um, people saying they received multiple ballots, or, you know, ballots were sent out for deceased people, or they went missing, and we found, you know, truckloads in the garbage, and dumpsters, or whatever, all of these things have been reported, and then, of course, last night, tons of shady stuff going down with yeah. the sharpies and the Just whatnot sharpie gate. but um yeah. like all of this is is amounting to quite a lot of reports of yeah. fraud and yet there seems to be a significant amount of the population, certainly in Canada and in the states, that are literally just putting their fingers in their ears and covering their eyes well, and saying no. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not listening. For to your this. listeners, the two the two organizations that are at the forefront of all this is one, as we've mentioned, Project Veritas, and the other is Judicial Watch. And Judicial Watch is run up by a fellow whose his name is Tom Fitton, um, and they've both been. Uh, tracking uh, Judicial Watch mainly, voter rolls, and and uh, uh, Project Veritas are, uh, you know, filming um, nefarious actions. They have they have whistleblowers that, that draw attention to this. But right, most people, I don't, I don't think they're closing their ears to the extent, first of all, that they would never hear about it, and they have no curiosity to go and check... Oh, that's the thing, too. They the don't conservative have access. Press. Yeah. Well, they, they won't look at the c- conservative press. Yeah, you have to go looking for this information. A lot yeah. of it's on social media. It's not in the mainstream yeah. media. Well, no, no, it's not. Like, that's the social other media thing. Things are, things are getting shut down all over the yeah. place. Like, I mean, I, I'm having people bring me, of course I do on a regular basis, people bring to my attention uh, the things that look shady. And they're saying, like, look, you know, there are links uh, on Donald Trump's 
Instagram page or on his Twitter, they we're not able to see. Like they're they're yeah. ending up becoming dead links, error codes, and 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 no one's able to share anything. We've seen this gradual uh, amping up of the restriction yeah. of information uh, in terms well, I, of the flow. I will confess that, uh, and I, I I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm actually pretty easygoing, but uh, on my own laptop, uh, I visit. Uh, quite a few conservative sites and for the last I would think just short of two weeks uh, I'm having real trouble uh-huh. uh, my computer actually has crashed a uh-huh. half a dozen times in a day uh, so it and, and the origin of it would have to be my server in Canada so shoot crashed last night as well which yeah. is YouTube's biggest competitor yeah to share info. no I'll be the devil's advocate and I mean I'm sure people are going to say that there's a huge increase in the volume of traffic is it possible yes. that has something to do I with it because so. I don't believe that for one second I'm no. not a conspiracy theorist but I think that you've got to start to examine the possibility that yeah you know what all this time that the people have been complaining about the restriction of flow of information uh, you know the the um, uh, bottlenecking, if you were, of uh, right-wing content has been happening, and they're making it impossible for people to share, yeah. you know, on a grand scale the way we should be able to. Yeah. Uh, thoughts between you know people of a like mind. Yeah, you know, during during the worst of this uh, Wuhan virus thing, when everybody's at home on the computer, I've been able to watch uh, videos online without any buffering at all, and mm-hmm. and the buffering issues have only started in the last couple of weeks. And I did call my ser- my server to find out what's going on, and they said, "Oh well, you know, the internet's busy." Oh yeah. It, no, that's not it. So my I mean, repost a, my repost apps don't seem to be working all that well. They've been gradually getting yeah. worse and worse, and the, I've noticed the, that. Yeah, I think the issue is that if it's not happening, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. And knowing what we know about the opposition, the so-called opposition, it, if it isn't happening already, it will be. So it's well, better that you pe- people should be aware of it, at least. Uh, we we uh, have what they've admitted to, like without having to speculate about um, bugs, right? Yeah. There are people being censored by uh, the fact checkers. Oh. <laughs> these, who the hell are these 20-year-olds who are just like, you know, part-time marketing employees who are silencing people? But well, um, the, the <laughs> major platforms are doing that overtly. So yes. we don't even have to speculate as to what yeah. their agenda is. They're just flat out saying um you know we think your information is potentially dangerous therefore you can't post it and they just decide that it's it's unbelievable a lot of people a lot of people um you know feel like the the moment they hear something that sounds like what some people might characterize as conspiracy theories they dismiss those people as you know potentially crazies and or ah you know you can't be serious i've watched you know progressively over the last you know year and a half especially um, how things have been going in social media, the tech giants, uh, you know, and how they've been censoring people. I mean, they shut down Kaylee's Twitter for crying out loud. Yeah. They're, yeah. Not, they're not allowing oh, her yeah. to share, you know, uh, and, and tons value. of doctors, tons of, uh, you yeah. know, really reputable scientists and doctors who are trying to post information and share their opinions and getting shut down. That's yeah. the science that the left supposedly loves. There's your science and you're silencing well, it. Unless, unless it, unless it doesn't agree with the narrative that they're pushing. Yeah. Um, in, in which case, you know, these things, just seem to magically disappear into cyberspace. Like, I mean, if you want to share those thoughts, um, you face everything from, you know, having your page shut down to, uh, you know, uh, being blocked out of your accounts. I mean, it's it's really getting bad. And, and I think that uh, just before we go any further, I want to talk about the Sharpie Gate thing because mm. I, think, I think that's important. Um, obviously, there were a number of states that were very important. And... You know, there are now confirmed reports of uh, pollsters handing out Sharpie pens and insisting on those pens being used. They're, you know, they've been placed, I guess, in a bowl uh, as people enter into uh, mm. the, the areas where they'll be voting. And they're being instructed to use these Sharpie pens that don't uh, get read properly by the machines that uh, calculate and measure the votes. Yeah. And as a it's result, a spoiled ballot. it's a spoiled ballot. And, and it seems to only be happening in Republican strongholds and uh, like... All the way to them pulling pens right out of people's hands. Yeah. We're hearing about, you know, them insisting that you use these Sharpie pens. And now, as a result, it's causing a recount in, in some of these areas. And I understand now that um, I, I believe it's Pennsylvania, uh, Arizona, and is it Wisconsin that they're doing a recount. And for all the people out there that have called the Republicans whiners and, oh, they lost this time and that's why you're complaining, I think you really got to examine the possibility that we have, uh, you know, a, a Democratic group 
group that's willing to do absolutely anything, they will do anything. to win. They will. And, and, I, and I really do believe that, buddy. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen true evil in my 20 years of uh, law enforcement. I, I've seen what true evil looks like, and this is it. Yeah. I mean, if you're willing to rig an election and completely bypass you know, the integrity of the electoral process and, and rig an election. And that's what it's looking like. I mean, anybody who woke up and didn't know any better well, wouldn't know. They've, this has been done in the past. Um, you know, a, a Kennedy would not have been elected without uh, underhanded dealings way back when. So it's, 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 they've always been doing something along these lines. The trouble is, is this is so widespread. It's so, and it's, and it's, it, back in the day, you know the uh, um, the connection between the uh, the Kennedy campaign and possibly uh, underworld figures. Um, you know, it was an open secret, but the the press was very very friendly to Kennedy, so uh, it never made made uh, not not widely understood that they had cheated. Uh, but I mean Johnson in Texas. I mean he was famous for his his cheating. Yeah. Uh, and so, but this is this is a kind of cheating that's that is goes beyond just you know some local political race, you know some county race, or even for that matter a state. This is like the entire it's country so widely orchestrated, yeah. and it's on so many fronts. There were there were calls in the middle of the night for people to join at the last second, like counting crews. Mm-hmm. Who the hell are these people? Right, mm-hmm. you're just pulling people in to do yeah. this stuff. Um, there supposed was, to be certified. There were know. a number of people who were asked to go home and give their ballots to the people working there. And they harvested ballots, yeah. Yeah, and they assure you, you know, I promise I'll scan this for you. What? I, yeah. I sent you uh, a, a story I that, that I, I saw rock. posted. This yeah. lady said that the entire uh, group of people she was with refused to leave, and they said that the machines were broken, so they yeah. had to go home, and they would scan them later. Everybody refused to leave, and magically, the machines were not yeah. broken then. Yeah. Yeah. And they got to complete their. Yeah, yeah. this is real shady shit. Yeah, going very, on. very. And yeah. It's wide. It's so widespread as to be really quite, quite alarming. I saw this quote earlier oh. posted by uh, so a Joseph Stalin quote that says the people who cast the votes decide nothing. The people who count the votes decide everything. everything. And that was very fitting for this morning. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. If if. If I was sitting in one of those rooms, I wouldn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is probably the single most important election in American history, probably the world, quite honestly. This, a lot of people, uh, you know, maybe not realize it, but I mean, in many ways, I truly believe that the uh, the freedom of of the Western world and the culture as we know it is is at stake. And of course, we have you know reports of what appears to be. You know, cheating and to to rig an election is a very serious offense, and I think that it's worth examining. And uh, obviously, if they can't select a leader or determine who the uh, winner is in a timely fashion, the usual practice is to hand over uh, the power reins to the Speaker of the House, which would be Lancey Pelosi. Oh God! You know, and, and, I, th- and I, I think that a lot of people it would be, yeah, because yeah, the, yeah. And, and yeah. I think a lot a lot of people don't realize. Um, you know, obviously, if you've ever watched. You know, Joe Biden speak publicly outside of the debates when they probably jammed him full of enough narcotics to uh, get him so (laughs) amped up that he could actually put together uh, two coherent sentences. Uh, You know, he's a disaster mentally. And I I think it would be a very short period of time before he is replaced with Kamala. I would think think that's the case. Yeah, I I personally I'm, I'm of the belief that he wouldn't make it a year. Um, Six months tops. Yeah. But if he does, he would do so from his basement, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the, um, he's not someone who's, who's, who is, I mean, his dementia, and it, it does look like dementia is advancing. Um, you know, he, he wouldn't make uh, a good public speaker. And Could you please explain to me, what the hell do you think they put him on during the debates? Like, I mean, it's almost like they transplanted another mind into his head. Well, the first one, he was wired. Yeah, he was was definitely. And he probably was for all of them. He was. But he was stammering a bit for the second one a little bit. There are drugs that I don't even know about that can be given to people to sharpen them up for an hour or two. What a gift that uh, yeah. they let him go on without being interrupted, because that's uh, yeah. wow. <laughs> that works against him so he can't, much. Yeah, he can't 
string together a, a coherent sentence after a few, what, 10 or 15 seconds. So I found yeah. this fascinating today that a lot of the news reporters were saying that white suburban women had voted for <sighs> Biden. And this was like an unexpected surprise. And wow, how wonderful. And I'm like, <laughs> really, though? Really? <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think they it's, are. it's um, really hard to, to believe given, you know, what what we understand about the progressive program and one of the things that figures uh prominently is is their plan uh to shift local planning uh to uh to the federal level that is to say uh it'll be a federal agency that decide decides how a local zoning will be carried out and so they they talked about well destroying the suburbs well basically all they're going to do is regulate uh, development in the suburbs to the extent that in order to get federal money, which is quite quite a lot of money, uh, in order to get it, they will have to follow uh, f- the federal guidelines, which means high-density housing, uh, poor, uh, low-income housing, and all the rest of it. Now, there's nothing wrong with low-income housing, but most of the people who live in the suburbs are there for a reason. They want to live in a place that's low-density, that where the property values are more or less stable. And they also at least now understand that the suburbs are populated by everybody there's it's not a you know a white enclave and anybody who says that's just plainly lying uh you know the the ethnic diversity of the of the suburbs depending on where you are of course um is is um uh no cause for alarm by anybody but the you know the 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 uh, progressives are planning to do this and i think white suburban housewives would be appalled to know what it is that's being planned for their neighborhood and would never vote for it. So anybody who's voting, uh, you know, Biden, which is which is progressive, uh, is going to be backing that. And the trouble, of course, is that they have four years. Yeah. And you can do a lot in four years. Trump just proved that you can do a lot in four years. Uh, Absolutely. Even you know. even in the face of constant criticism and opposition, I yeah. mean, they, they could have gotten so much more done. Like, I mean, I want to focus it's on that, miracle. you know, kind of the positive yeah. for a second. It is so ridiculous to think that they spent four years trying to get this man pulled out of that chair. And, and, and the, I watched the impeachment hearings. I saw how... You know, they, they, they sank so much effort and resources. I mean, with the the, the support of uh, a mainstream media that clearly was disinterested yeah. in, in reporting the news objectively. What was that $30 million for the Mueller report, too? That's- Unbelievable. Like, I mean, let's, let's, let's talk for a second about how, how they're ignoring so many different things that have come forward uh, that, that should be the highlight of any newsreel. Uh, right. You know, the, the, oh, the, the whole Hunt, laptop The thing. Hunter yeah. Biden laptop. I mean, like, anybody that dis- dismisses the Hunter Biden laptop laptop evidence like you're out of your fucking minds like i mean it's so sad i mean we've got what appears to be evidence of joe biden uh benefiting financially from his position as the vice president and uh clearly some connection to some unsavory things Mm -hmm. and and the mainstream media it has absolutely no interest i mean they want to know if donald trump sneezes and may say the wrong thing but they're completely you know, uh, uninterested in what's going on on this laptop. And I mean, I've watched them ignore what appears to be so much evidence. And in the face of all that support that the Democrats have from the mainstream media, from the tech giants, from the social media groups, uh, to, to, to see all the censorship going on, you know, on YouTube. And, and in the face of all that, it still appeared that Donald Trump was winning, which is which is really yeah. a testament to how big the movement has grown. And for anybody that you know woke up this morning and just believed that Joe Biden perhaps had won, uh, it's time to wake up. Oh, they're done. It's well, time. It's time to wake up. It's, it's Trump impor- had rallies that he didn't show up at that were like booming. There were yeah. there were so I mean, it, many it, people. It, that one came should out never overlook that these are uh, these parties are fairly evenly matched it's, in the United States is at present fairly evenly divided uh, between uh, Republican and Democrat or conservative and liberal. Um, the difference between 50-50 is in you know percentages, which are, I, mean, they're, I guess they're significant. Uh, but the way it's set up is that you have these very, very large populations in, in, in big cities 
and and it's it's the way things are done. The big cities determine what the politics are going to be. So if you live in New York State, everything is decided in your state is decided in New York. Same as we have with Canada and, and Toronto, uh, Toronto, Toronto and Ontario, Ontario Vancouver, and yeah. Yeah. the large city centers. They, seem to you know, these way. liberals talk about you know we're we're. Uh, considerate and and empathic and sympathetic and we're good people and you know they don't give a damn about farmers i mean of all the people yeah. you think that you'd cut a little slack you know and try to understand you know what it is it to be a farmer after all they're feeding us for heaven's sake but they don't give a damn so they they you have a large group of people in toronto young people who've never been out in the outdoors uh they've never you know been around wild anything are talking about you know uh animal rights yeah uh as 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 though everything is like a cat and a dog right. you know that that uh, uh or just like a meme they saw where somebody broke onto a absolutely. farm and hugged a goose and they think that's where it's at they don't understand no. the greater picture of economics of a country and how, how our supply chain it's like work. it's like well you know there's a farmer who's growing a field of hay I had this conversation. It's a field of hay. And he's been told he can't harvest it because there are birds nesting in the field. <laughs> and, um, you know, so what's the big deal? So he waits. Well, the problem is, is that the, the, the quality of the hay drops after a certain point. I mean, there's, yeah. there, it, it should be harvested when it, when it has its best quality. And, well, what is it going to be used for? Like bedding for animals? No, they eat it. It's feed for the animals that feed you. Uh, so, you know, these city dwellers are... They just are, eat soy. They don't... They don't. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah, the, but the, the problem, of course, is that they understand nothing about farming, and they're, they're wanting to impose their will on, you know, all these rural populations, yeah. and it's really unfortunate. Um, and I guess... To some extent, you know, you would think, well, all right, why don't they inform themselves? Well, sure. They're not going to Well, do that. speaking of the information level of young people who vote, you are probably familiar with a quote by Thomas Sowell. Um, he was asked about uh, lowering the age of voters because, you know, in the States, the Democrats oh, yeah. are talking about lowering it to like 16 or something. And he yeah. said, if anything, we should raise it to 30 because until you've lived, until you've had to do a little digging, inform yourself, understand how economics work, work for a while, value what you've earned. Suffer the consequences yeah. of some of the poor decisions you yeah. make. I love talking to you and Danny for two reasons. Well, I mean, there are different reasons, but I mean, like you're... You were obviously, you know, a city dweller, and uh, you've you've lived. <laughs> I in, lived downtown Toronto for yeah, fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, like the in an epicenter, you know, of uh, yeah. you know left leaning activity. And of course, Danny, you uh, you. Well, I was born you, in a state that was agriculture. It, it, it was evenly divided where I was between the military because it was a military town. And agriculture. I mean, agriculture was everything. Was yeah, but you, but you were indoctrinated into the... You know, oh, no, of, later at the university, yeah. I was, I was, they were trying to do their best to make me into a leftist. <clears throat> you know, uh, I, I'm amazed when I think back on it, uh, Mark, when, that I actually sat through that stuff yeah. and, and occasionally nodded my head like, like you know, I, I understood what they were saying, but I, I was appalled by half of it. And the other half, I could scarcely believe. You, you're know. like a defector. Yeah, like on, <laughs> honestly, yeah. you're like a Cold yeah. War defector. You're like something, you know, something like that. Yeah, you are. It's like the hunt for Red October. When I yeah. look at you, it's like the guy that like he busted away from it, and you yeah. actually have some insight as to what goes yeah. on. I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't. I'm, I'm remorseless in that respect. I don't. Feel, <laughs> I, I don't feel bad about. You know, I I didn't really defect. I never never joined, but um, I was really taken by the fact that. You know, here we, and and, and I, as I told you, I was at the university when I was a little bit older than most, and I'm looking at all these young people and just how impressionable and 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 really honestly gullible they were, and I understand why the Democrats want to lo lower the the voting age. They're yeah. going to be dealing with children whose thinking is 
they're they're driven by fashion. They're driven by uh, group dynamics in a way that adults are yeah. not. And emotion. Emotion. Before your right. your prefrontal cortex is fully developed yeah. at around age twenty six. Something like you're that. You're still not you're not comprehending like um, yeah. you know consequences and long term effects, but the immediate emotion oh, no of decisions is very no present, and you're hormonal mm-hmm. and you care very sure. much. So you're going to vote for somebody based on their hairstyle. And I mean, honestly, think <laughs> or, about or, it. Or, I mean, to be, to be fair, like, issues that are easy to get passionate about. Yeah. But if you're not fully informed, then you're making a decision based on a knee-jerk kind of emotional response. And, and it may be valid and, you know... Um, it's lovely that people care, but they're not well thought out yeah, I've, ideas. I've, I've often wondered, you know, when I when I moved up from the states, now I I, I, I was what, what fourteen years of age, and so I'm coming in contact with all these kids when I was in Toronto in a school, and I I thought they they seemed like children. Um, you know, kids from small towns tend to mature a lot faster for for I yeah. guess various reasons, but. You know, when I look back on it, there were a few things that were sort of formative. And one of them, changing the subject just slightly here, one of them was uh, at, at uh, in, not so much in grade school, but in junior junior school, junior high, you were obliged to participate in all sports. You had to try out for everything. And one of the, one of the things that you would come away with is that there are some people who are naturally endowed with greater skills and capabilities than you are. And no matter how much wishful thinking you put into it, you're never mm-hmm. going to make anybody equal. Yeah. So you learn something about inequality, the shape of inequality, what it looks like. And I, you know, when I was in, in junior high and I tried out for football, I never made first string. I'm a big guy and I'm fairly athletic and I didn't really like football. It was To me, it was too violent and all that. And I, I, I won't say I purposely made second string, but I didn't try that hard. Um, but there were people who had these really amazing skills, heads and shoulders above my own, and I didn't begrudge them. I, I thought that was a great thing. I wanted them to be on our team and, you know, to go yeah. to the game and win for us. Um, and so there's these object lessons that you get I don't know, when I came to Canada, there were no teams. There's no sport teams. You didn't have to try out for anything. You mm-hmm. know, you, it's a whole different culture. And so there's some value, I think, to some of these team sport things that you do at school. There's value to, to not uh, acing everything and not getting a ribbon and not getting a That's medal. That's right. Participation and that buttons and all the rest of that stuff. You're going to get at some stuff and not get at others. Yeah. But it sounds like you didn't start with this premise that the world owes you well, any kind of achievement award. Not at all. I mean, I, I remember at a there was a football game. We all had to suit up whether we were going to play or not. And the coach turned to the second string. We're all sitting on the bench twiddling our fingers and, you know, talking. And he said, all right, boys, in. I was like, what? He was bad because somebody on first string had broken the rules and he was punishing them by taking them out of the game. And I had to play the game mm-hmm. and I wasn't happy about that. <laughs> so, it's like, so I went out, I went out and, and, uh, uh, played. And I, I remember making, you know, a heroic last minute tackle on somebody and got a, somebody's heel in my face and it, it hurt. Mm. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I, but you learned great. something. Yeah. But four, I, you know, four touchdowns, one game. Polka. Yeah. <laughs> That's honestly, I love it. It's so alien to me to hear you talking about yeah. sports because like, <laughs> yeah. well, no, no, no. Like, I mean, like, Professor Dan. Well, no, like, you know what? Well, it, it's, it's funny. Cause she like, Hey, I, I was always captain. All right. Like I was, I was that guy. I excelled at sports. I loved, you know, quite honestly, I saw, you know, football is a legalized form of assault. I thought it was yeah, fantastic. It was like, yeah, great yeah, outlet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. See, you would, the violence of it, and I, I don't mean like, you know, <laughs> criminal violence here, but the, for me, I like baseball. Baseball was like the worst thing that could happen to you is the somebody would throw a ball and hit you. You, know? you were one of those kids that played badminton. Yeah, you? And, yeah, I hated team sports. I love team sports. Nuts. What's wrong with you guys? Yeah. Oh no, my god! Like independent stuff. I used to be in gymnastics. I competed provincially mm. in gymnastics. But this, I did but track you, and field you, you all by this, myself. You get <laughs> so the same lesson. Sports. <laughs> you get the same lesson from it because in yes. competition, your your performance, your individual performance matters. Yeah. And I also knew I was responsible for my performance. That's right. And, and um, y- you know, we, we don't seem to have that attitude now uh, in schools. It's, it's everybody, 
is treated as though they're equal. And, and they grow up with a chip not. on their shoulder because yeah. they didn't get uh, the equality of outcome that they've been fed is is their right. It, this is very timely because Kamala, Cam, Kamala, yeah. uh-oh, I said it wrong. I'm going to get doxxed. Whatever. She, she <laughs> said just like a week or two ago uh, a statement about equality of outcomes. Mm. And, and it's totally just pure Marxism, right? It is, absolutely. And it makes true. no sense. It doesn't work. And it's really interesting that that's where her head is at because she is who they've lined up to be the next president. See, you know, losing is part of the game. And quite honestly, it makes you a better player. I, like, I've always been of the opinion, you know, you want to get better, you play with people that know a hell of a lot more than you. And, and losing is part of the learning curve. I mean, uh, it's really important. So, well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't get this whole consolation prize generation. I think it's, quite frankly, yeah. totally I mean, screwed even if you are like like i said you know even though i was not on first string i was rooting for my team i was part of yeah. that team it, even if it was only as a bystander sitting on the sidelines and cheering for them uh, you be you you become part of an effort of sorts yeah um so you know you can make a contribution that is not necessarily on the field that can be off but yeah. being a being a, a team player is is a really important thing and certainly I know uh, later when I went into business, those lessons were really important because I was dealing with people in business, the companies I worked for, some of whom I didn't really like very much, but that didn't matter. They were on the team. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I was willing and able to cooperate with them and to take direction from people that I probably otherwise wouldn't. but these are important life lessons. And we're teaching children now, you know, well, you're all unique. Well, no, you're not. You're all the same. If you're ever, you know, it's, 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 it's a really dreadful way to raise children. And when you say that there's entitlement, well, there is. There's, yeah. there, there's an expectation. That equality of condition, I mean, it's, it's, it's illusory. Um, you know, it's, there's a, an intellectual sort of exercise. All right, everybody's given a farm of 100 acres. That's actually probably a bit too much, say 10. And, um, you know, if you go fast forward, you find out that there are eventually going to be people who don't want to farm. So they sold their 10 acres to somebody else already. You see, you know, one person's going to have more than 10. They're going to have 20, mm-hmm. maybe 30 or 40. And, you know, people tend to select themselves in various ways. If, make, if there's a free market, that's how people organize themselves. Yeah, um, unless unless they are forced to stay on the land, I yeah. mean, which makes us basically slaves, or if we want yeah. to be really friendly about it, serfs, uh, tied to the land, and we have to do it whether we like it or not. And that's precisely what yeah. what will when when you have a centrally planned economy, that's what's going to happen. They're going to tell you where to work, and you say, "Oh no, that would never happen." Well, it has. It happened. It's, it's happened all uh, all through history. The equalizer that they propose as well is to lower everybody. So if you've got a handful of people who are not happy with their lot in life and they're not doing well, then the solution is lower everybody instead of planting yeah. the seed uh, in in young people's minds that they can find their niche and be innovative, and in a in a free market they can find a way to rise up. But the the social solution that they're suggesting now to everybody is just to lower everybody's you know income take away uh, independent businesses make sure that everybody is at some kind of dependent lower level depending on a huge government to save them and then there's not an opportunity for anybody to to rise up to find their path to find success in their own right well it's not it goes beyond that. I mean, innovation isn't just something that enriches one person. It enriches the entire society. Yeah. Um, and the need for innovation gets killed off when, if you are an innovator, the only thing you get is a little metal that, you know, mm. uh, uh, like the Soviets used to do. And, and uh, you know, the incentive uh, is, is the greatest way to create, um, you know, improvements in uh, standards of living, uh, dealing with problems. I mean, it's it's an extremely important thing. Uh, and but you see, you understand that we're dealing with a group of people, the leftists, who, you know, some people say, well, you know, they have a romantic view of life and history. You know, we want to go back to the good old days of, you know, living simply. Uh, you know, we don't have sport utes and big houses will live in you know modest uh apartment style homes uh two or three families to an apartment at best 
I can't as as think of concerned. two or three families I'd like to well, live with. I'm just yeah, going to say no, that. But I mean, you, honestly, you, 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 you don't need all that much. <laughs> you know, if, if it's left up to them to decide what you need, you'd be amazed at how little See, uh, you, you actually need. You need a place to sleep at night and you can actually rotate. You can, you know, if you have to sleep eight hours, you can put three families in an apartment and they can rotate through. One, one, sure. will, one will occupy the bed for eight hours and then the next will come and do. Um, but people need to enterprise. This is like the the work of our souls. We need to build things. We need to well, grow think. stuff. You and if think. you're not allowed to, if you can't build anything, then your spirit dies. I feel like this is a need for people. You know what? I, I can't. I can't help but notice. I mean, you know, watching the trends and actually just you know paying attention to things like art and music. I can't help but notice that you know things have really been a little stagnant over the last five to yeah. ten oh, years. Longer, I mean, I, 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 I like. I mean, I, like I. I <laughs> I imagine that, you know, I'm getting older and everything's starting to sound like noise to me, but, um, you know, as it does often for, for people as they age, but <laughs> I can't help but notice that I'm, I'm not seeing the same, you know, quality levels in music and art and in, in, in performance. And, and there just seems to be this, you know, slow death of, uh, conformity, you know, it seems to be, yeah, that can sad. happen even a free market can create the same problem because it's, you know, music is a business. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know the the the, the uh, pop music it, it, they, they create uh, a, a group of people musicians you know to suit the marketplace like in my day it was the monkeys who were a bunch of guys this band bunch of guys who really didn't have any talent uh what are you, you know, talking they about had a the TV they show. had a great they had tv, TV show. show thank you you know what they were that. like the, they were like the budget ghetto version of the oh, beatles Lord. i thought they were fantastic yeah. what are you talking about and i now so have that song stuck like, in my head if you're gonna create by by uh by the marketplace if you're gonna compare the monkeys to like you know modern mumble rap yeah. like i mean if you well, heard that that yeah, might have been geez. the first example of that happening though like a corporate yeah, most created, people will remember yeah, there were others but but th- then you can compare it to state-sponsored music you know the operas that would have been cranked out you know back in the day with the soviets uh singing about you know the heroic citizens and all that i mean state-sponsored music and art um uh, is equally dreary and dreadful um, you know, even the Nazis had Nazi art. Yeah. And I, I remember as a student, uh, way back when, I'm, I'm looking at, a, at a, a painting and I'm thinking, well, there's something uh, compelling about it. Um, and so I, I looked up the artist and I was appalled to find it's out that Adolf. it was a Nazi artist. Uh, so it was yeah. propaganda. Well, Adolf so, was obsessed with art because yeah. he was a, an unfulfilled artist himself. He yeah. was, um, yeah, so there was, there complex. was, uh, yeah, there was a whole, a whole movement. Uh, to see, and, but, you know, just so that you understand, at the same time as they're creating this propaganda, the art, which is propaganda, the Nazi art, um, the people who are running the country, the, the head of the Nazi party, are scooping up all this decadent art, mm-hmm. so-called decadent art, uh, because uh, they're trying to enrich themselves. Yeah. So there's a there's a um, a uh, uh, a contradiction uh, that tells you uh, something important. And something about socialism that people always skip is the fact that a small handful of people do very well. Yes, <laughs> they always do. It's and, not the masses. No. And, and it's and, and and they as I said before they justify it. Yeah. Um, I I and I don't say it jokingly. I say as far as socialism is concerned, Venezuela is a successful yeah socialist experiment. What's why? Because everyone's laid low. Yeah. You cannot. It it is I think technically impossible to create a society of wealthy people. I don't care what you think about Switzerland. Not all, not everybody there's wealthy. Their standard of living might be rather high, but uh, as compared to other places. But socialists want to create a society like Venezuela where everybody is poor and everybody is equal. It's that's the like ideal. It's honestly like a cheat. If you lower everyone, they're equal. Well, that's a shortcut that pretty much screws everyone over yeah it, 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 it's unfortunate that in, it occasionally involves things like starvation and yeah. whatnot but See, it, it does happen the, the, you know that that's the thing i find very upsetting is a lot of people i think fail to realize that you know it wasn't that long ago that venezuela was you know right. more, more or less a first world country like i mean they they were a hot spot destination travel zone man like i remember growing up in the 70s and 80s and i mean if you went to venezuela that was where you were yeah. going to party yeah. and to yeah. relax and it was they beautiful were, I think 
I think they, time. I think they were the second or third largest uh, consumer of F. Uh, Ford F one fifty products, like I mean, like they, they were buying really nice trucks, and I mean they they were living a, a good quality of life. But then, of course, they uh, elect leaders who have these socialist mindsets and start to institute socialist policies. Ultimately, they start to begin collapsing the economy. They inevitably ban firearms, and then uh, at some point, you know, you've got troops and you know military police, which are one and the same, running people over in armored vehicles. I mean, I, it's I wonder really, if on Australia is on track for that. Uh, they appear to be, yeah, and not you in, know, and, uh, it, New Zealand both. I'm yeah. really amazed yeah. by. But they're, like I said, that they're, they're the leftists have been playing a game. Yeah. They've been at it for years. I mean, I, I we, we, you know, we're talking about, well, they're talking about this Russia collusion. And I said, well, what are you talking about? Russia's a, a third world country now. It's the Canada's got a greater GDP than Russia does. Um, you know, they're pointing at Russia as though this great threat is now gone. But there's still a threat even greater, and it's called China. They're mm-hmm. communist. They're, yeah. they're, they're unapolo- unapologetically communist, even if they have... Uh, you know some elements of the free market and we come full circle to the fact that it's crazy people are ignoring biden's relationship with them and that's why he says that they aren't a threat right because he's in their pocket and i I assure you did you see their their money drop off last night yeah (laughs) oh you know what i i I hope i hope it falls straight through the floor yeah Uh, as far as i'm concerned the uh, communist party is a complete catastrophe, and we shouldn't let anything of well, its elements contaminate what we got going on here in we, North America. Yeah, yeah, we have a uh, uh, we have a problem. Is that what happens in Canada? Even though we have a different political system, and frankly, it's not. Is it different? Well, it, it is kind of. What the Americans did, just try to make it quick. What the Americans did is they 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 understood that that a parliamentary system was inherently creating corruption. And so they wanted to make uh, the selection of the leader direct instead of, you know, voting for the party. Uh, and we know all here in Canada, if, if you follow the, the press, we know we, we shouldn't all know about corruption. Our, our prime minister is, mm-hmm. is, uh, has had uh, now um, mm-hmm. a number of, of really incredible scandals uh, involving what, what we would call corruption and 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 it's amazing that he's still prime minister but in any case they they decided that they would make the um the selection of their leader direct and what they did is they came up with the electoral college to mimic uh the process that that you would find in a parliamentary system so in canada for example you can elect a prime minister through the party and he does not win the popular vote it's it's quite common uh, and it's more common because we have three political parties where we actually have two. But uh, the, in the United States, they have two political parties and well, so uh, plus independence and so on. But they have this electoral college in order to mimic that process uh, that you would have under a parliamentary system. And what they're trying, what the Democrats will do if they get into power is they'll get rid of the electoral college. At the same time, they're going to uh, continue to elect uh, the president directly by popular vote, and so they will have eliminated the 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 uh, uh, the means by which you uh, you don't eliminate because it's not possible, but work against uh, uh, corruption. Mm-hmm. I, I have a question about the electoral college. Maybe yeah. you can answer. I heard. I don't know if this is true, but I heard that. Um, so Hillary Clinton in 2016 was uh, speaking out against the electoral college. Of course, right? Not a fan. And now I heard that she is a member. That she's now part of it. She could be the 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 people who are selected to be on the college. Uh, you know, she could conceivably. So, so people, it seems, are really selectively for or against the electoral college, depending well, they, on whether it's helping them or not. They are. I think the reason why they want to get rid of it is that they want to. They know that they have a majority, however slim it may be, uh, as a percentage. They know that um, if they get rid of it, they will have uh, a Democrat uh, a government essentially forever. Um, people who live in small states, small population states that are, you know are rural or farming or whatever, they, they will have no representation at all. Uh, no one will ever come and campaign to try to win their vote. Yeah. 
uh, and it might as well not even have a vote. So uh, it, it's, you know, we have the same problem here, I guess. Like I say, city dwellers don't give a damn about rural people. And in fact, think of people living in small and rural communities as being so many rednecks and, you know, uh, irredeemables, which is really unfortunate uh, yeah. because these are the very people that feed them. Mm. And, you know, I don't, you know, that seems to me be pretty basic. Uh, but since we're all globalists and we know that we can buy our food from some other country, well, who cares about our, our farmers? Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's really sad to hear you put it that way, to be perfectly honest. I'm, uh, I'm really hopeful that uh, people are going to uh, begin to open their eyes, see the truth uh, surrounding them as to what's really been going on on both sides of the border and uh, start to give proper weight. Well, the okay. idea that we would hold people accountable for the decisions that they make that uh, are so damaging. Uh, well, if we live forever, country. we would eventually learn, but we don't live forever. And every year, a new group of young people go into the university and they get indoctrinated and they come out, uh, many come out being leftists, knowing less and less. I mean, the average university student now knows virtually nothing. They've been indoctrinated. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have conversations with him. My daughter's now in university, so I talk with her uh, fellow students, and I'm, I'm totally amazed at how little they know, even about the subjects that they are studying. Mm. Um, and so there's an endless, I guess, so-called en endless supply of uh, people who, you know, are going to uh, eventually end up voting and populating our country, and it doesn't look good. I think in, in the long run, unless... A greater commitment is made to uh, providing an education from very early on uh, that isn't wholesale indoctrination. I don't think there's a hope. I really don't. I think I think that's coming. Uh, it's clearly been identified uh, by uh, Donald Trump. He uh, wants to be uh, teaching, you know, American uh, history and uh, to make it uh, important that yeah. uh, critical critical race theory is eliminated from so many elements. Well, of, it's uh, it's just so much nonsense. Culture. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I assure you, I know critical race theory. It, it's not something new. It's it's been around for. I mean, as a as a as a discipline at the university, it may be more recent, but the thinking that that's involved is goes way back. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a dreadful thing. It's a, it's, it, it will destroy the world we live in. And once it's, once it's destroyed, I don't really think there's any coming back, at least, at least not in the near term. When, when it's poorly explained, though, it's really easy to make those decisions by Trump sound like something horrendous to people who, who don't understand what critical race theory is or the, um, was it the the awareness classes and, and stuff that he wanted to get rid of? Like, the the media will just say, you know, he wants to teach racist white American theory in school and wants to get rid of any sensitivity about racism. Oh, that sounds terrible. And that's what the average citizen is hearing, is that, you know, he wants to go, you know, backtrack, be less sensitive to racism, doesn't care about you know, Native Americans or, you know, he, he's just pushing a white supremacist agenda. Mm. And it's easy to do that and say that and spin that for people if they don't actually know what these theories are and they, you know, they don't know all the pitfalls and problems well, the with them. Democrats know about white supremacy. They ought to. Because well, surely. That's who they were. They're still living it out. Yeah. Uh, one, in one way or another. But I, I, you know, it's debatable whether they the, I feel the, like the, the average the white, voter doesn't get it, though. Yeah, I, you know this this thing about white guilt that uh, uh, is occasionally brought up. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that these elites uh, actually have any feelings of guilt. No, they ought to because they're they're the elites. They're the people that are calling the shots. And if there's any racism, that's where it is. Most well, they people... still feel no shame publicly. Um, who is it? Chelsea Handler, who yeah. said she had to remind she, she said that he was black. For heaven's sake. Um, it's, it's funny when people make statements like that because they're actually totally lacking self-awareness on the issue and don't realize it, what it they is, sound it like. It is the essence of racism, and oh, she doesn't God. even know it. And right. nor, nor do any of the people who or, will back her. Right, right, right. Or the white people who like shush black folks. Like, I'll speak for you. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll it's, save you. Yeah. This, this 
white savior yeah. complex. They are living it out. Yeah, Isn't we were it frightening to yeah. watch. Like it's it's unbelievable. Like the idea of like segregating, you know, classes yeah. again. Like I mean, it's the epitome of racism. Like yeah. I mean, yeah. actually separate separating people based on the color of their skin. Like come yeah. on, folks. But they've clue been in. But they've been insulating themselves and congratulating each other for so long that they are they actually lack self awareness about yeah. it. Uh, that's yeah. actually fairly difficult for me to believe. I mean, I, I come. Like I said, I mentioned to you before, coming from a functionally segregated right. town. Right, yeah, we're coming from up uh, here, you're coming I, from down there. <laughs> I learned, yeah, I learned very early on, and, and basically through my own parents, uh, to be colorblind. And um, uh, now, if I say I'm colorblind, oh, uh, I'm told yeah. that, that that's racism. And yeah. I, I think, you know, golly, uh, are, they're actually trying to you make me... You need some me, sensitivity They're trying training. to make me racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to create a problem where there isn't one. It, well, th- there's always a problem, Gun but the problem much. is, is whether or not it is, you know, for example, how the government is operated, is our government selecting, you know, white people only, and and there was a time like like the great progressive leader Woodrow Wilson, you know, who is is regarded as as uh, the pattern, uh, the the the, the uh, father of modern progressivism resegregated the government and the military he was an, an incredible racist and he was a democrat mm. um honestly I I, I I i i'm wondering to myself like you say is there is there a problem yes everybody is it can be prejudicial sure and racism uh, exists but that is a separate subject from it's systemic a, from, racism yeah this idea and the systemic racism that we have now is this is that 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 is found amongst leftists? They systematically right. deal with racism in a way that essentially is system, systemic racism. But they're always screaming about the stuff that they do, right? Isn't that funny? They're pointing fingers, well, and it's and it's typically it's like part a, of the method yeah. to blame your opponent for the very things that exactly. you are doing. And people laugh and they say, "Well, you know, sure, sure," but it is they actually yeah. do it quite consciously. And that's the way it works. And on that note, we're coming up on an hour. I'm uh, going to call this one quits because I think we've still got a lot of uh, news to go over. But we didn't and, talk and, about the um, secession. The Democrats oh, want to succeed. The uh, the Antifa wants to secede. There's there's gonna, there, there's <laughs> there's going to be a lot of unhappy people. Certainly, we're going to have to watch. Uh, you know, in the following days, things are going to get really interesting. Yeah. I, I I don't think that people, especially Canadians, uh, by and large, understand that the impact of uh, potentially a rigged election and uh, you know yeah. civil unrest that may result as a you know part part of this uh, well our, it, our own leftists are watching oh yeah, yeah. it oh, always yeah. comes up here yeah and 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 I share they're learning they're learning lessons as well Canadian elections are among the, among the better ones they're more secure they're they're more fair but they're still open to all manner of cheating I'm sure um, but uh, no, our leftists are watching this, and what happens in the United States is crucially important to us. You know, I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, our taxation rate is is moderated by the by what happens in the United States. If they have very low taxes, if we have high taxes, all of our people will leave the country and go to the United States. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our our own governments are are uh, in you know their their desire to tax us is moderated some there's also the 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 question of the second amendment uh in the united states if it goes our gun rights will be gone and we're not going to go back to the i've said this before we're not going back to the days where we can have muskets you know uh uh, black powder guns we're going to go to a point where you are not permitted to have any firearms of any kind and it will happen faster well if there's a lot of gun violence in the next you know days and weeks that's not going to help on the one hand it will help people to like you were saying earlier mark um maybe look to trump and say oh shoot stop the riots please but the downside of that too is when there's a lot of gun violence it makes a very easy spin into that narrative of we've got to get rid of the guns gun safety yeah and certainly Certainly people yeah. on both sides are talking about civil war and mm-hmm. shooting each other. So. I, I, I really do believe that if uh, things go sideways in the United States of America, we're going to see a giant push from our Canadian government to capitalize on the mm-hmm. violence. I mean, if, if things blow up down there and mm-hmm. our leadership is going to seize the opportunity to say, you know what? 
Yeah. Those fucking AR-15s, we told you, you know what? We're going to step yeah. up the program. We're not giving you two full years. We're going to ask for them right now. And we'll work out the buyback scheme oh, later. Yeah, never the, mind the gang problems. The, the, it's the those, uh, those civilians well, who are... <laughs> Licensed and law-abiding. You know, I find it interesting. First of all, I'd like to say congratulations to both the Hamilton Police Service and the Toronto Police Service on their latest grabs of uh, drugs and guns. Mm. They got a couple of you know, firearms off the streets. You saw it. Uh, for anybody that missed it, uh, just just today, uh, they managed to uh, scoop off the street a uh, AK-74, not 47, AK-74, which is a uh, a more modern AK-47 variant. This one had uh, synthetic stock and foregrip, and it isn't the kind of item that uh, you would have seen uh, prior to you know the early 2000s or uh, mid 2000s and of course I spoke to some of my friends and former colleagues in law enforcement and uh, I know for a fact that uh, it's not the kind of item that you would have ever seen on the commercial market here in Canada so we've got that and a tech nine that would have been banned in 1992 from commercial sale I know because I had one Mm-hmm. And I was forced back then to uh, not give it up for destruction, but to export it legally out of yep. the country. And I managed to do that prior to uh, their demand to have it turned in for destruction. So we've got, uh, again, uh, another series of examples of illegally smuggled guns. And when I say that, and I think it's really important that people understand that, a lot of times when you see these small handguns, when you see firearms that are clearly uh, not for or never have been for sale, depending on the uh, date of their manufacturer design, uh, we're seeing a lot of these guns are uh, always used in violent crimes uh, with gang members and uh, drug-related activities. And so these guns are being imported illegally from the United States, smuggled in. Or, they have, or they elsewhere. Have, yeah, or elsewhere. And they have absolutely nothing to do with legal firearm ownership in this country, something that uh, this government wants to completely ignore. But again, you know, congratulations to both Hamilton and uh, the Toronto Police Service for getting those guns off the streets with the limited resources that they have. Uh, good job, guys and yeah. girls. I imagine they were surprised to 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 find these guns in the hands of uh, of um, uh, criminals. Even those guns, they're they're pretty uncommon. Well, you know, uh, the seven four is uh, definitely a piece of hardware. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was a semi or full auto variant. It's a lot but, of CRB uh, payments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. semi can be made full, full but, auto. So it's yeah. Not, yeah, but but we here at the Canadian Gun Vault are always going to be very supportive of our front lines, uh, all our EMS members. Uh, thank you for the good work that you're doing. Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah, you know what? It's really important that uh, we defend the police, not to fund them. Anybody that thinks that the Canadian Gun Vault is uh, anti-police has got another thing coming. Uh, I'm always going to be pulling for the front lines. Not a big fan of. The the uh, organizational leaders that give in to political pressure. Uh, but at the same time, I think that it's really important that we always support the good uh, men and women of law enforcement, the brave members of our EMS, and uh, all the people that make it possible to sleep comfortably at night. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And on, and on that note, Heather and uh, Danny, thank you so much for joining me. We're coming up on about an hour long now, and uh, I think it's important that we get back to doing the things that we do, monitoring the news and delivering it to our, uh, our followers <laughs> and supporters. Glued to the internet. Yes, right. thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank for, you. Yeah, thanks. And uh, for all the people out there in the United States, uh, keep your heads on a swivel. Uh, and as always, don't forget to shoot straight. Stay safe.